Hello, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Long Live Hollywood Podcast. My name is Aaron. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for choosing to listen to this podcast. God bless you all, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome. Folks, on this episode, we're going to talk about the live-action Death Note series that's coming to us from the Stranger Things creators. They're producing the new show. And then after that, we're going to talk about James Cameron, Avatar 2's runtime. James Cameron has some really interesting words for people who can't stand longer movies. And then finally, I'm going to give you guys my review of Thor Love and Thunder. That's the agenda. So without further ado, it's showtime. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, make sure your Bluetooth headphones are fully charged. If you're wearing earbuds, make sure they are nice and snugged in your ears comfortably. Whatever device you guys are choosing to listen to this podcast on, make sure you don't have any interference of any kind. Turn up the volume, crank me up a bit, hear my voice, because you're listening to the Long Live Hollywood Podcast. Episode 43 starts right now. All right, a new Death Note live-action adaptation is upon us. A a live-action television series coming from Netflix. Believe it or not, I just rewatched Death Note on Netflix. The live-action, not the anime. The the live-action that came out back in 2017. I'm a huge fan of Death Note, the anime. Death Note was the first anime that got me watching anime religiously. I've always been a big fan of anime. Um, I would I would watch it here and there. You know, I would watch Dragon Ball Z and uh, and a few others. But it but but when I discovered Death Note, that's when I decided to check out everything. You know, if it wasn't for Death Note, I would have never checked out studio ghibli i love those movies i have a full library of ghibli movies i believe i have everything all was it 22 23 movies yeah have them all and watching death note the live action years later today my feelings on the movie is the same exactly how i felt about it years ago uh, when it came out I gave the movie a 7 out of 10 when it came out, and I still give it a 7 out of 10. It didn't grow on me. It didn't. It, it wasn't a better movie years later. It's exactly the same movie, a 6, 7 out of 10 movie. I understand when it comes to live action adaptations, things do change from the source material. I get that. But they should be small, small changes. And if you're going to change something, you have to make it better. What Death Note did, one of the things that they did was change the setting, the story setting, where the story takes place. In the anime, it takes place in Japan. The live action takes place in America. You can't do that. That's way too drastic. It takes place in America? Are you kidding me? That's like, you know... Beauty and the Beast takes place in France. It doesn't take place in Australia. But yeah, I think they should take another crack at a live action Death Note. Because if they do it right, I think this show would be amazing. And Death Note really isn't hard to bring to life. 
I don't think so. It's not Dragon Ball Z. It's not uh, Pokemon. Um, yeah, it's not that hard to bring to life. Uh, Pokemon is not hard to bring to life. You know, you just need some really good CGI and a good script. Really, no problem. Death Note should not be hard to bring to life. When it comes to the live-action series, do bring back William Defoe as Ryuk. I thought his performance was perfect. Everyone else, literally everyone else, was just okay. Lakeith Steinfeld as L did not like it. Uh, the girl who played Mia Sutton, Light Yagame's girlfriend in the movie, it wasn't it. Did not like it. And uh, in the anime... Um, Misa, Misa, uh, Mia is called Misa in the anime. In the anime, she has her own Shinigami named, I believe, Rem. Uh, that wasn't present in the movie. And uh, also, she has her own Death Note. So there's a lot of story that wasn't told in the movie. With Death Note now being a series, a live action series, I think it's a good chance that we can see more characters. Characters like Mello, Ram, Masuda, Naomi, and so on and so forth. More characters. So, Death Note, the Deffer brothers are producing the show. I really wish they were directing it. I think that would be great. I'm a big fan of Stranger Things, especially how it's directed. Death Note is not hard to bring to life. If they just follow the source material, follow the book, and everything should be okay. Let's talk about Avatar 2. Avatar 2 is going to be three hours long. Now, me personally, I don't really care. I could watch longer movies just fine. It doesn't really matter. As long as the story justifies the runtime, don't make a movie long for the sake of being long. When you look at a movie like like uh, Titanic, for example, Titanic is one of my favorite movies of all time. Titanic is heavily criticized for its runtime. A lot of people say, why did it take two hours? And why did it take two hours for the ship to sink? That was because the real Titanic took two hours and 45 minutes to sink. So the movie was actually being accurate. It did take quite a while for that entire ship to sink. And not only did it take a while for the ship to sink, it's also how the ship sunk, how the ship broke apart. You know that part in the movie at the end of the movie? Uh, uh, this is it, Rose! The ship is going to sink us down. Take a deep breath when I say how the ship was kind of standing upright and kind of just going down, you know, just straight down like that. That's how the real Titanic sunk, how it broke apart, how it sunk. Finally, that movie is extremely accurate. The way the ship sunk, the amount of time it took for the ship to sink is very accurate to history. So Titanic being a three hour movie, it really gets away with it. If you look at the Batman which is another longer movie, a three-hour movie. If you would have chopped off 20 minutes off the Batman or 30 minutes off the Batman, I think the story would suffer a little bit. And that's because every piece of dialogue in the Batman is very crucial to the story. The Batman really has no downtime. You can't just simply get out of your 
chair in the theater and go get some popcorn or, or go to the bathroom, you're going to miss something crucial. Everything that's being said in the Batman is crucial. And that's why I think the story really justifies the runtime. But I get it. I get it. Some people simply don't like longer movies, and that's okay. That's all right. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. Some people don't like to be sitting in a chair for three hours. Avatar 2 is going to be a longer movie, and honestly, it really doesn't surprise me. Avatar is an epic universe, so uh, it really doesn't surprise me. In fact, from Avatar 2 to Avatar 5, it would not surprise me if each movie was at least two and a half hours as long as the movie is good it's not boring i really don't care about runtime it's review time it's time for my review thor love and thunder came out back in 2017 and it was directed by taika watiti and it was a pretty good movie highly praised taika watiti is back to direct thor love and thunder is it any good my review of Thor Love and Thunder starts right now. Thor Love and Thunder is directed by Taika Waititi and it stars Chris Helmsworth, Natalie Portman, Christian Bale, Taika Waititi, Tessa Thompson, and Russell Crowe. So if you enjoy Thor Ragnarok, will you enjoy Thor Love and Thunder? I think you'll enjoy it a little bit less. I'm not saying the movie is bad. It's fun. The best way I can describe Thor Love and Thunder is fun. Every actor had a pretty good performance in the movie from Chris Helmsworth to Taika Waititi, Tessa Thompson, Natalie Portman. Pretty good performances. When it comes to Christian Bale as Gore, the character Gore, Christian Bale's performance is not bad, but I don't think he's the right actor for the role, I would say. Whenever Gore is in action, whenever he's doing his mystical, whenever he's doing his action, that's when the character shines. But when you get back to the dialogue scenes, that's when Christian Bell is very dry. Cool character. At the end of the day, cool character. Chris Helmsworth is fantastic as Thor, as usual. Natalie Portman was really good, especially when she when she suits up as Thor. Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie, pretty cool. Her performance was pretty good. The Guardians of the Galaxy are in here. Russell Crowe as Zeus, he was okay. Pretty funny lines. The movie really doesn't take itself seriously. It's sort of a live-action cartoon, just like in Thor Ragnarok. They're taking that exact same approach. Really good action, solid CGI, especially when it comes to MCU movies. The MCU movies usually have solid CGI. This is no exception. Some pretty solid action. It's been a long time since I've seen some solid Thor action. Again, Thor Ragnarok came out back in 2017. And we did see some Thor action in Avengers movies here and there. But it's been a long time, a good while, at least for me. It's been a good while since I've seen some solid Thor action. So bottom line, I enjoyed Thor Love and Thunder. I think it's a mid-tier MCU movie. I never thought it was boring, ever. There aren't any 
deal-breaking flaws. The movie isn't perfect. It's a mid-tier MCU movie. I enjoyed myself. I'm giving Thor Love and Thunder a C+. And that's the end of the episode, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the Long Live Hollywood podcast. My name is Aaron. Be safe out there. Love each other. Do nice things for each other. And good things will come to you. I promise you. Take care now. Bye-bye.